Hello, everyone. Welcome back to Peyton's POV. It's Peyton Gravel here, and we are back with episode two. Today, I am here with my dad, Leo Gravel, and we are going to be talking balls, baseball, and the Celtics Warriors final series. So, dad, why don't you tell the listeners a little bit about yourself? Well, as you mentioned, I'm your dad, which is uh, basically mostly my entire identity. But other than that, I am also a uh, very big sports fan and a, I would say, a bandwagon fan of the America's new team here, the Tennessee Vols baseball program. It was exciting to watch them. And that's about it. Being your dad and a sports fan basically is uh, sums up who I am. All right. So we'll get right into this. Um... I want to first talk about the Vols season ending loss. And just to give the listeners a little recap, the Notre Dame Fighting Irish stunned the top seeded Tennessee Volunteers in game three of the Super Regional hosted in Knoxville this past Sunday. With the upset, Notre Dame is headed to the College World Series in Omaha while the Vols historic season has come to to an end um, after watching the game. What are your initial reactions, thoughts, comments about, about the outcome of this game? Well, the format of the postseason in college baseball, you, you're either the champ or it comes to an abrupt end. Uh, obviously, Tennessee's season came to a, a very abrupt ending because of the success they had in the regular season and the SEC tournament. So uh, probably seems a little bit more harsh uh, as a reality to them uh, because of their historic numbers they put up this year. But uh, hopefully when the dust settles and they put a little time in between the loss uh, they can you know look back on that season being quite successful and, and maybe use it even next year as a motivator to take it to the next step uh, I understand they have a lot of players returning and they've got uh, nothing to be ashamed of but uh, baseball is funny that way typically the really good teams are you know end up at the top of college football basketball you'll see an upset here or there but baseball this is this is probably a little bit more common so <laughs> just to talk about a few game highlights um freshman chase burns started on the mound for the balls like you said the balls have uh, a handful or if not a majority of their players returning and chase burns being one of them hey, so let's talk about a few highlights from the game Freshman Chase Burns started on the mound. He had been a go-to Friday night starter all season. Like you said, a majority of the Vols players will be returning. Uh, how big is this return of, of Chase Burns for Tony Vitello and the Vols? Oh, it's big, obviously. I mean, he's uh, uh, in your regular rotation. Uh, great numbers. You know, I don't, I don't expect this young man to be you know, phase long-term because of, of this one outing. In fact, it'll probably benefit him later on in his career when he's going to, he's got a lot of big games ahead of him. And this is just an experience that will help develop his shell, his mental toughness. And, um, you know, Patello admitted that you know, maybe he left him in a little bit too long, um, but they liked the numbers and they liked the way that he had handled those tough hitters in the Notre Dame lineup earlier in the game. So I understand the decision to stay with him. Um, baseball's funny. You get an immediate um, outcome from your decisions, which makes it really easy to, easy to question. You know, if they stick with him and he, you know, 
gets a couple of pop-ups in a row, it's a great decision. You know, it's you you have your information, you use it, you make a tough call. Problem with this sport is everybody knows immediately that it was the wrong decision. You don't have the benefit of the hindsight as the head coach. So I have I have no issue with anything, anything the way that unfolded. This has a lot more to do with Notre Dame than it does Tennessee. But then you got to give those guys credit too. Yeah, I agree. I mean, like you were saying, the immediate outcome seen here in baseball with the decision uh, Vitello made, the balls gave up three runs in the seventh inning as Burns remained on the mound. And after that damage was done, then you, then you see Vitello come out here and bring out uh, your favorite guy, Kirby Connell. Yeah, Kirby, uh, I think he works in my office, right? Is that that guy? How old is he? <laughs> Is that not the right guy? Who, no. are we, who are we talking about? The guy with the mustache. He looks like he has a good time. We, we, we saw him yeah. at the game, right? He was mm-hmm. friendly enough to say hello to us. Yes. And uh, now I joke about him, uh, but I think he enjoys that. It, you know, his appearance is, you know, adds to his cult following, if if you would, or his uh, mm-hmm. his persona. So got, you know, I, I have no problem with guys like that who, who enjoy themselves. He got voted best mustache in the SEC. Yeah, I can't believe there was a ton of competition for that one but, you know well deserved <laughs> so um i wanted to talk about that wild play in the fourth eight three seven five have you ever seen anything like that before uh tell the listeners a little bit about that play from a from a coaching standpoint well i mean you get the i think it was a single to left right you get the hard turn and they threw behind him and then and it was a single to center single to center field okay so yeah eight right and um yeah i mean once once base runners start taking wide turns or trying to advance with the ball in the defender's hand and then it just becomes a, a game of you know backyard fickle and uh those things happen you know it's it was it was it was kind of funny but uh i remember trying to score it at home as quickly as we could before they said it out loud just to see if we had it right but yeah i mean it's just one of those funny plays in baseball that you can't explain so you were we were talking about this earlier before the podcast what were you telling me about um oh is the podcast on now this is joking go ahead uh, so tell me your thoughts on tony vitello and this baseball's team being or becoming a dynasty? Well, they have no championships, so they're a long way from a dynasty. A dynasty to me is, you know, multiple championships in a short period of time or maybe multiple runs, you know, where you have two and three years and then a few years later, you have three and five years. That's dynasties. They, they don't have any championships, so that's a, that's a strong word. Um, I know one of the players had mentioned Patello using that word in the post game, but that's you know, I, I don't know that he used that word. If he did, I think he would agree that they are a long way. Having a really, really historic regular season is very different than having a dynasty. Do you think that this season could be the start of a dynasty? Uh, sure, it could with the talent, the underclassmen, the, the program. I think the image that he is creating now is attractive to, you know, high school, prep school, you know, the, the, the young baseball mind i think that that's that's a lot of fun there's uh it's, it's something that i would have been interested in as a young player um that vibe so yeah it could happen but it, it was just proven a couple of days ago that having the best team doesn't 
necessarily get you the crown in this sport. And uh, dynasty is a word that I would put off for several years if I were Fatello or any of his staff or players. Speaking of the Tennessee image, um, do you think that everyone who, everyone else in the country who isn't associated with UT hates this program? Well, hate is a strong word. Sports, but dislikes. Yeah, in, in a sports venue arena, uh, hate, I understand, yes. Um, hating a young athlete who's still figuring out who he is. Is, is a strong word, but as, as a sports term, you know, my hatred for the Red Sox is well known. I don't hate those men. I don't know them, but yes, I, in fact, I'm going to be totally honest with you. I became a Tennessee fan early in the season. I thought the coach had great charisma. Their style on the field was fantastic. Seeing them in person was exciting, uh, but I'm going to, I'm going to admit to you, it got a little old for me. And I think that the, the, they get a little bit more rambunctious with each win. And they really started to feel themselves, you know, towards the end of the year. To me, I think baseball has to be played uh, with excitement, joy. Uh, you could be demonstrative, but you also have to have a calmness. I really think that Tennessee added a little bit of a layer of pressure by really cultivating this persona. And now you, you have to live up to that every day. And yes, I believe that most baseball fans or anybody who was watching this thing outside of Knoxville, was rooting against Tennessee, yes. Do you think that that image that they created and had to live up to for for majority of the season as a result affected how they played and in the end, the results of this of this last game? Well. In their season ending. Well, let's put it this way. Um, when you play with that much emotion, okay, you can cross the line into being emotional, which is a difference. Playing with emotion and being emotional are different things. Playing with emotion is good, positive. Being emotional can work against you. Now, they lost a player and a coach during that series. Now, sure, I think that that, uh, that, that those two people, you, you watch them on videotape, really personify this image that Tennessee, even the pitching coach and... and um, Gilbert. Yep. Gilbert, they're, they're, you know, faces of that type of image. And so, yeah, it, it, that may have hurt them in terms of trying to chase that image, trying to be the badass. And it, it certainly worked against them because then you're not as strong when you have less coaches and less players than you did the day before. That's, you can't argue that. So um, what can work for you one day can work against you the next day, especially in a, in a game like this, where I think it's important to be able to get zen get peaceful again play with emotion but stay within yourself emotionally that's a great point so wrapping up this ball segment here um do you have anything else you want to say about this team this season coach vitello the college world series in general um yeah i i can tell you this is as much as i started to lose my affection for this team because I, I just got a little bit it, it wore on me a little bit I will tell you this the college world series without them is far less exciting I know that I'm not as interested in watching a lot of these games as I would have been if they were there um, but 
I think the measure of any good baseball player, coach, or program is what do you do next? You know, if it, if it didn't work out for you, uh, is that the end of the line for you? Or are you going to be able to build off of that? Certainly they have the players and the talent to build off of this. Um, so I expect them to be relevant, you know, soon. The bigger thing for me is how did this season, how will it translate, translate into recruits? Can mm-hmm. you use this season as a, you know, a way to get better players and be at the top of the recruiting class every year? I think the answer is yes, but we'll find out. They've already started. Yeah. Understood, but I'm not talking about just next season. I'm talking okay. in general. You yeah. watch Alabama football. Yeah, winning attracts winning players. Yeah, uh, so they're far from that. But in the in the in the near future, again, if I was a five star baseball recruit and I had been watching this stuff, I want to be part of that. Yeah, yeah, we agree. All right. So with that, next I want to talk about the Celtics Warriors series. Um, what do the Celtics have to do to win game six? Well, uh, it's almost the same answer we just gave you about Tennessee. It, what, what happens next? Are you able to immediately forget about the, 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 the past, which is really only a few days old, and you play this game in a vacuum where if you change your tune and, and, and play this way, that – appears to be a team that's desperate and they are, they need a winner. The season's over, but are you able to play freely with that, with that kind of pressure on you? I, I, I think this series is playing out in my mind, exactly the way uh, I thought. And the bigger, the biggest stat was, I don't remember the exact numbers, but there were the games of experience between the golden state roster. and the Celtics roster, 123. 120 to zero. So the Celtics had nobody on that roster that's ever played in the finals. Yes. Okay. That matters. Yes. There's no doubt about it. The game is the game, but if you ever played in a championship game in a U16 tournament or a high school state tournament or an NBA finals or anything in between, if you haven't experienced what comes with it, you know, the, the bus ride and the better stadium and the, the, the the local press that's covering it. Mm-hmm. it it's it's hard to 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 you know understand all that and then compete at your highest level doesn't make you a bad guy as coach jim dale would say but um i think that this nucleus of celtics players in an east that seems to be up for grabs could you know they could get there again in the near future. I think they could still win this series. Don't get me wrong, mm-hmm. but I think having seen the movie once helps you understand the movie better the second or third time. And yeah. I think that's what the Celtics are experiencing right now because yeah. Golden State's seen this movie right. every night. Right. So how does the energy in Boston in the TD Garden impact how the Seas play, if at all? I mean, we know we have game six in Boston and this is a must win for the Celtics. Uh, but- As a Boston fan, a Boston native is that the word well outside of boston yeah but i was born and raised in massachusetts yeah uh but yeah i so i mean some of my favorite sports experiences were watching the 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 celtics of the 80s i would you know on a school night go to bed and they were down you know eight points in the fourth and wake up and read the newspaper back then and see that they won by 12 Mm -hmm. Uh, and i think that building had a lot to do with it I've, I've been to a Celtics playoff game. I went to a finals game against the Lakers back in 
I don't know what it was, 09 or whatever that whatever it was when they when they beat the Lakers. Um, and the building is absolutely electric. That 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 and you've seen it when the team was on a run and takes a, a, a seven point lead, turns it into a ten point lead with a with a three pointer right before shot clock, forced the other team to call a timeout. That that takes a little bit of you know a few possessions to digest that and and then all of a sudden you know can get away from the from the opponent the opponent that's visiting that building. So yeah, that's. The gardens is is I mean I'm a big believer in home field advantage mm-hmm. anyway, but the garden is uh, certainly with the history. Not the Golden State's going to be intimidated by that, but the energy can 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 steal you a few possessions, and sometimes that's the difference in the game. Right. So obviously we're both Celtics fans here, but um, I just wanted to talk about how much pressure does a performance like Andrew Wiggins on the Golden State Warriors in game five take off of um, Steph Curry as the Warriors look to win their sixth NBA finals title? Well, uh, he's been outstanding. Wiggins and uh, Peyton, their bench has been great. Uh, I, I, um, and there's one other uh, guy coming off the bench. I can't think of his name right now, but, I'm not rooting for Golden State by any stretch, but I, I do like the Wiggins story. Uh, a guy who was, you know, had extreme pressure on him, didn't work out early in, in his career. For him to be a part of, of a championship and, and be a big part of it is a nice story for him. Um, but yeah, I mean, to win a championship, you got to have good role players, good bench players. Certainly he's one of them. All right. So what are your game six predictions? I, 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 if, you know, gun to my head, I think that Golden State closes it out. Um, I've been rooting extra hard for the Celtics, obviously, because if they lose, it's over. But just the possibility of a game seven as a sports fan, that's what I'm rooting for right now. Just get, let's yes. get to a game seven. But I, I think the way Golden State's playing right now and the Celtics youth and inexperience, I, I, I feel like Golden State's going to close it out. I guess we'll see. Yeah. All right. So for my last segment on my podcast, Peyton's Opinions, I just have like a fun little opinion question here, not sports related or anything, just a way are, to end Are you up. just giving your opinions? Like, can I leave now? Or is this mm-hmm. not? No, I ask you the question. I'm just kidding. Go ahead. Okay. Do you roll the toilet paper over or under? Wh- whichever way it's on there. I don't uh, know. Well, how would you put it on there? This is like a very debate question. Uh, I really like to share my um, bathroom <laughs> habits in, in, in any form. So I'm going uh, to pass on So next question. Is a hot dog a sandwich? No. <laughs> what is it? A hot dog is its own thing. And I have had hot dogs all over this country, as you know. And yep. When we drove to Tennessee, one of the times to drop you off, we actually went out of our way to New Jersey to find what most publications would call the best hot dog in the country. Uh, I disagree. It was not. not. No, it wasn't. It wasn't even the best hot dog we had on that trip. But the point is, I am somewhat of a hot dog expert, and I'm here to tell hot you that. Hot dog connoisseur. A connoisseur, if you if you, if you will. Yeah. Do you have uh, subtitles for our non-French-speaking viewers? Um, but no, I, I, I don't believe a hot dog is a sandwich. All right. Thanks for your time, Dad. So, 
So that's from a hot dog. That's the, the opinion. Come on, that's, that's it for now. Yes, well, for Peyton's opinions, I would roll the toilet paper over. Okay. And I would say that a hot dog is not a sandwich. All right. So. <laughs> All right. Until next time. Adios. Or should I say au revoir for you connoisseurs? Oh, God.